Snakes and serpents are, are not, and scorpions even, are not good gifts. Um, I think you all know that. I mean, maybe there's some people that like them, and that's fine. But, you know, for most of us, if we're expecting a different gift and we receive one of those, we're going to say, what's not what I wanted? That wasn't the gift I, I was looking for. <coughs> now we hear Jesus use these as an example a little bit later in the text, but let's jump back just a second. You see, Jesus was just with Mary and Martha, uh, just outside of Jerusalem in Bethany. And then all of a sudden we get this text where he's praying. He's in a place, it's a certain place, Luke says, and you don't necessarily geographically know what that certain place is, but I'd like to give you a picture of what that place might have looked like. And it's a garden-type picture. Now this particular picture is the Garden of Gethsemane. This is just across the valley from the temple up on the Mount of Olives, and there's a garden there, and there's olive trees there, and there's really, really old olive trees there, as you can see by the trunk of that olive tree. Now in Jesus' day, maybe there were a few less buildings around that place, but somewhere in between Bethany and Jerusalem, there's hillsides. There's places where uh, he would pray. A quiet place to pray. A settled place to pray. A place to be in relationship with his Father as he spoke to him. Prayer is a beautiful thing. Sometimes we get nervous when we are asked to pray because sometimes we feel like maybe we don't know how to pray or what prayer should look like. And I want to encourage you with a couple of things. First, there's a lot of prayers in the Bible. You don't always have to make up your own. You can just read some. There's a whole book called Psalms. Those are all prayers. And there's kind of two kinds of prayers in the book of Psalms. There's lament prayers. When you're asking, how long, O oh Lord, am I going to walk through this time of struggle? How long, O oh Lord, am I going to walk through this trial? How long, O oh Lord, will the world weigh upon me? When I know you're a God of love, a God of forgiveness, a God of goodness, how come I can't see it right now, God? So prayers of lament. Prayers when we're walking through heavy and dark times. Prayers when loved ones are walking through times when maybe they're going in a direction that we don't want them to go, or maybe when we've walked away in a direction we shouldn't. So we fall upon God's Word. Now the other kind of prayers in Psalms are prayers of thanksgiving. You hear it all the time, my heart gives thanks to God. I will sing praises to the Lord God Almighty for all that He has done. When he's lifted me up from the dark places. So we hear these songs of thanksgiving, these praises of thanksgiving, these songs of the heart to God to give thanks for all the wonderful and good gifts that he gives. So these words shape our prayers. I don't have it off the top of my head, but in Jonah there's a beautiful prayer. As Jonah prays in the midst of everything that's going on, and he starts praying. And he starts praying a prayer of thanksgiving. Beautiful prayer of what all that God was going to do is Jonah would return back to God's holy temple. As he would be there in the midst of God's presence once again. And you know where that prayer was praying? In the belly of a big old fish. 
dark, desolate, unsure place where you would expect a prayer of lament, an expect of a prayer of how long, O oh Lord, am I going to be in the middle of this stomach of a big creature that smells? I don't know if I'm going to be digested or not, but God, how long am I going to be in this place? But no, Jonah prayers a prayer of thanksgiving. And if you're to read that prayer, it sounds like a psalm. There's about eight different psalms that all get pulled together in the midst of Jonah's prayer. And the reason that's encouragement for you is because you don't have to make up prayers. You can read through the psalms, and as the Spirit leads as well, you get to pull pieces from Scripture together for whatever is meeting in that moment, meeting your need in that moment. We also know from St. Paul, when he writes, he's thankful for the Holy Spirit that understands the grumblings of our heart when we don't know what to pray. I don't know if you've ever had those prayers, but I certainly had moments where I've walked along in life, and there's moments where my prayer sounds more like a grumbling and a mumbling, more than intelligible words. It's because I don't know what to say. God does. And so the disciples come to Jesus as he's praying, and they say, hey, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? You know, like John taught his disciples to pray. Would you teach us to pray? And he does. And in the midst of that prayer, what I love is that he saves them from praying for what I've started to call spiritual scorpions and snakes. The things that we may think are good, but then would maybe be harmful even though we don't know of it. But God knows. God knows what's good for you. God knows what good gifts you need. And so in this prayer, we don't even have an opportunity to ask for what we want. It's asking for what God wants. And Jesus starts it off with the word Father. This is when you pray. Father, who are in heaven, it's your name, holy. And positive person. Sounds a bit like the second commandment, right? That God's name would not be taken in vain, that God's name would be kept holy. And if in your memory you remember a bit of the small catechism, for some it's a shorter time of memory than others. And if you want to look at it later, do so. But look at that, because in there it says we should fear and love God so that we do not use his name for all kinds of reasons that would go against God and not keep his name holy. But we should call upon him in every trouble, and we should pray, praise, and give thanks through that name. Beautiful gift to be given a name. It's a beautiful gift to be given a relationship. It's a beautiful gift to be given someone to call out to in trouble or in praise for the good gifts that he brings. Bob, who art in heaven, it's your name, evil. That your kingdom come and your will be done. See where the fingers were pointing on that one? Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Not mine. Because I'm not going to ask for the right stuff. Give us this day our daily bread. There's a song by Mark Knopfler. 
called uh, Baloney Again. I have to think of the title real quick. It's on the uh, CD, Sailing to Philadelphia. It's a great song. It talks about the travels of these two Christians that are going along a road. And it's in Southern America. It is in, not Southern America, it's in the South of the United States of America. Different Americas. And so, <laughs> but it talks about uh, a couple that were not exactly welcome in the territory during that time. And so one of the lines says, we're not going to eat no white restaurants. We're eating in our cars. Baloney again. <laughs> says, we're not going to sleep in any white hotels. We're sleeping in our cars. Shoulders for pillows. Baloney again. And he talks about the praises that they continue to sing to God for all the good gifts that they give. And my favorite line in there, he says, Lord, give us this day our daily bread and gasoline. <laughs> and I just thought that was a beautiful line because we have different needs each day, each one of us in each one of our lives. But we pray for the things that God would give because he knows what we need each day. And it looks different in each one of his lives. But we pray for God's goodness, for him to give what we need. And then we pray for forgiveness. And that's probably one of the most beautiful gifts that's in that prayer. Forgiveness that's true. Forgiveness that's actual. Forgiveness that is spoken into your life. Here. Scripture. Through family and friends. The forgiveness that is won for you through Jesus. And so when Jesus says, here, here's how you pray. Say, forgive me, Lord. I forgive those who are around, and I'm really thankful that it's not forgive me like I forgive those who are around, but more of a forgive me while I go around forgiving. But the only way that I can go around forgiving is because I know of your forgiveness first. The only way that I can go around loving and caring for those who are around me is because of the love and the care that I know that God has for me first. Because it starts with God. It starts for what He has done for you. It starts for what He and how He has loved you. And so, in that gift of prayer that Jesus gives to His disciples, He says, look, here's a name. Here's a promise. And here's forgiveness. These are the things that you pray for. And so as we pray, we start to remember those words of Scripture. And as you think of the Lord's Prayer, you can use that Lord's Prayer almost as a structure for prayer. And in the midst of each one of those petitions, you start to think about what that looks like in daily life. See, and we have a good God that we can trust in with that prayer. Because it is scary to ask for somebody else to give you your needs. It's hard to let that go. It's a lot more comfortable to keep control and just tell God what you need. And we try that sometimes. We try that often. And sometimes we see it because, you know what, it lined up. And hey, God knew, or we knew exactly what it was. And other times it looks like nothing that you would have ever expected. Now, preferably, it still doesn't look like snakes and scorpions. And that's kind of Jesus' point when he gets into the parable at the end. You see... Snakes and scorpions were pretty common in two facets of daily life. One of them, uh, we have another picture of, too, if we can go to that next one. Uh, it's a little hard to tell, but you see that doorway in the middle? That's the upper level of a house. So underneath that area would be a 
dining area and then a little bit of a cooking area. And just off to the side on the bottom floor would be more of a gathering area, but that room would lead to a bedroom. So when you hear the first part of the parable, when the father is up in bed and the kids are in bed, that means the doors have been locked, everybody's gathered together in that upper room, they're in a safe place. And the neighbor comes and walks on the door starting to ask for things, because there's a friend in town. So that's one part of the parable. The other part, if you look just above that door, you see some holes. Those are pigeon holes. Okay? Columbarium is the technical name for it. Sounds kind of funny to our ears, right? We do something different with the columbarium. But a columbarium were pigeon holes. A couple of reasons why you have pigeons around. One, you can take them up for a sacrifice. Two, they laid eggs. Eggs are good to eat. Three, you could sell them if you wanted to. The eggs or the pigeons, either one. But they would produce these eggs. And so Jesus says, hey, which one of you fathers, when your kid asks for an egg in the morning, when you've woken up and you've just gone out the door to reach up in that little hole and grab an egg out, is going to give him a scorpion. Because remember, it's kind of a desert area, too. There's things besides pigeons and eggs that would live in those little dark holes. It says, which one of you fathers even though you're evil, would give a scorpion. You know to give good gifts. You know to give an egg. It says if your kid asks for a fish, I don't have a picture of this one, but I remember fishing was with the dragnets and stuff, right? And you'd haul in whatever they caught on the way in. So which one of you, when, you, when your kid asks for a fish, is going to give him a snake? You're not going to give him a snake. You're going to give him a fish. Because fish and eggs are good gifts. Serpents and scorpions, they're not good gifts. We've covered that. So the good gifts that even we know how to give, we look to our Heavenly Father, who knows it, how to give even better things. And so Jesus says, look, here's a name that you can pray. Here's a promise that God's going to give you what you need and take care of you. And also, here's forgiveness. And if you're wondering if God is going to give those good gifts, look at your own life and see how, even though you're not God, you know how to give the things that someone needs. You know how to take care of them and give to them what's right. How much more does your Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts? The Creator of everything. The One who makes things right between us and Him by the sacrifice of His Son. The forgiveness that he gives you through Jesus and the relationship that he calls you into through baptism and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. How much more would the Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts and the gift of the Holy Spirit? It's a beautiful gift. Good gifts. Perfect gifts given by God directly to you. We rest in those promises. Amen. Would you please rise as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the good gift you give through Jesus. The gifts of life, the gift of being your children, and the gift of forgiveness of all the things that we do that separate ourselves from you. We pray that you would continually call us closer to you. 
that you would continually pour out the gift of your Holy Spirit in our lives. We also pray that you would give us the words to pray in the necessary times, and that we would rely upon your name, your promises, and your forgiveness in Jesus. Amen.